Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard from some server farm in California. It's episode number 66 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's most star-studded Eric Roberts-related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly, and joining me as usual is the dark Sith Lord, Liam O'Donnell. How are things, Liam? You know what, Doug? It's winter. Uh, it, it's reached record cold here in the Lehigh Valley, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel terrible, but otherwise great. You know, Liam, this is our first episode of 2018. How's the year been treating you so far? uh all 11 days of it um yes well uh as i said i'm sick uh my daughter briefly had an ear infection mm-hmm. um but i've i don't know i've been relatively productive considering how sick i am i mean we, we managed to get a few episodes of cinepunks and harvest this recorded so you know i'm doing okay i always gotta get your shit in liam yeah gotta uh, liam, get I, it done. I have a question for you <laughs> yes sir you're ill quite a bit we all know this oh my uh, long-time God. listeners of the show would probably Probably a little worried for you. <laughs> I think they're probably most concerned is what happens to your young daughter and lovely wife if something was to happen to you? You mean like who gets – is this another thing where I – the same way you wanted me to name my daughter after you, now you want me to name you as her guardian if I die? No, look, I, I – that seems like a lot of unnecessary paperwork. So what I'm going to recommend <laughs> is if you were to pass away, sure, your, your lovely wife Susan yeah. and I – Right, yeah. we yeah. could get together. I mean, it'll just be a business thing. And your daughter, I will raise her as my own. Oh, that means she would be. What you're suggesting is, uh, she would would like marry you mm-hmm. and become a Canadian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Once I'm gone, I hope they would flee to Canada. I mean, I assume when I die, it will be in the Great Purge anyway. Uh, uh-huh. That uh, <laughs> that the Trump dictatorship will bring into power. So yeah, I, I hope that she would have fled to Canada or Belize or something like that. You know, since I just heard him, I think we should introduce who's joining us today. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, Liam, say something. Uh, what do you want me to say? Shut up, oh, Liam. Okay. Today's guest is the director of one of my favorite films of 2017, Low Life. You should keep your eyes locked to lowlifethemovie.com for upcoming screenings. It's Ryan Prowse. How are you, Ryan? Hey. I can keep doing that for a while. Yeah, I'm no, please sick, do. So I can talk all, all day. No problem. I, I can actually feel my own voice getting stronger the more I talk to Liam. That's right. You're, you're stealing his – you're snatching you're his soul. You're stealing my life Shang Tsung force? style. Yeah, I'm really – yeah, that's right. I'm draining your life force, Liam. That's what I do here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Now that I've stolen Eric Roberts' life force, it's time to move on to my co-host. Ryan, it's so great to have you here. Uh, longtime listeners will know that Ryan and I uh, met. I was going to say got together, but I think that has an unfortunate implication. Uh, down in Chicago at the Cinepocalypse Film Festival where your movie, Ryan, was voted – what was it voted? The best movie of all time, something like that? Yeah, we swept – there were other good movies, but we just fucking ruled. We ruled the Apocalypse. Now, which movie would you say was not good there that we should take a shit on now? 
<laughs> well, no. uh, in true filmmaker fashion, I didn't watch anybody else's movie. So there you go, the, Ryan. I have some very serious questions before we get into the Eric Roberts content. I have some serious questions uh, to you as a filmmaker. Uh, the first one is, where do you get your ideas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd snatch them from small children, and before they know to copyright them, we just take them. And also, now Low Life is a very good movie, and I mean that very sincerely, and I hope that when everyone listening gets an opportunity to see it, that they do see it. But I should ask you something that I'm sure no one has ever asked you. How much did it cost to make? <laughs> it costs... Um, <laughs> Uh, do you want me to tell you? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you could tell it costs, us, but it costs I, I a legit... lot. It costs a lot less than anyone. It, it it looks like it costs nothing, and it costs less than that. So yeah, there you go. So if you want to see a real low budget, micro budget movie, you should check out Low Life. Ryan, I'm going to ask you this at the end of the show: When can people see Low Life? Uh, and uh, the spring from in America. It's from. Uh, uh, the United States, the non-shithole mm-hmm. place, from IFC Midnight, and then in Canada, Raven Banner is uh, distributing it. But it's supposed to be in the spring sometime, but they keep shifting the date, so I have no fucking clue. Should we bombard both of those uh, uh, companies with uh, Twitter messages demanding to have a date? Yeah, man. Hook it up. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Get to that. Now, Ryan is here to join us. This is a very special episode. It is the first episode of the year 2018. And I wanted to do something special to, to kind of mark a new year. Uh, 2017 is in our rearview mirror as we can say goodbye to it at last. And Ryan, you are going to join us to talk about the 58th annual Academy Awards from 1986. Yeah, I'm really excited. This is actually fun to to look back on yesteryear and wonder. Now, listeners might wonder, why the fuck do we watch a 1986 (laughs) Academy Awards broadcast? And let me tell you why. The fact is, uh, we might on this show sometimes refer to Eric Roberts, the actor, as both a Golden Globe and Academy Award nominated actor. And the Academy Award he was nominated for came in the year 1986. This was the broadcast. And I've been, I've been looking for that broadcast for a, a couple of years now. And I did track down a copy. And I'm like, who better to join us to talk about the entire two-hour show, which has literally a two-minute segment with Eric Roberts, than Ryan <laughs> Prowse, the director of Low Life. But before we get to that, Ryan, what do you think of Eric Roberts? Um, I'm, I'm into Eric Roberts. I remember seeing when I was like, you know, super serious seeing, uh, Pope at Greenwich village and like, <laughs> like freaking the fuck out with him <laughs> with the thumb thing. So I've been a fan since then. And so uh, since you're such a fan, I'm sure that you, uh, you've, you've kept up on his career up to the year 2018 where we are right now. And I'm sure you're aware he's a pretty prolific actor. Don't you think? Yeah, man, we almost uh, we almost got an audition out of him for Low Life, actually. That's now living in the big city. Now I didn't know that you were going to reveal that, Ryan. Now, what character would he theoretically possibly have played in Low Life? Um, I think the way it seems to work, because he's in everything, right? Is that like they just put him up for anything? So <laughs> the, the the listing for the Teddy Bear Haynes character, we got a. A call like real late one night from either agent manager some kind of eric roberts representation saying if we dropped a bag of money eric roberts would show up magically and uh and and fulfill the the role to our satisfaction so we unfortunately now, had no money so 
I, we didn't have I, that Eric Roberts money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, an image just popped into my mind, Ryan, and it was actually two images. One was Eric Roberts with the swastika tattooed on his face. Right, yeah. <laughs> and the other one is Eric Roberts in a luchador mask. Yep. Uh, and, and neither of those references are going to make any sense unless you've seen the movie Low Life, which you should in the spring of 2018. It would have been incredible to get Eric Roberts – to play a luchador where he never removes his mask the whole time. And he would have <laughs> crushed that shit. <laughs> Money well spent, I would say. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but now, it's time for us to take a look at all of the latest Eric Roberts news. Before we go into the 58th Annual Academy Awards on the Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number 66 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. Now, Liam, you'll find this very interesting. You might recall on our most recent episode at the end of the year, 2017, uh, we had a tweet, which I don't really recall the details of, that somehow mentioned lettuce wraps. Do you remember this, Liam? No, I don't remember it. Well... I kind of was gauging that you were, like, I was really relying on the fact that you would have remembered what this lettuce wrap tweet that we were talked about on the most recent episode was. But in one context or another, Eric Roberts mentioned his love of lettuce wraps, Liam. And uh, just earlier today... Oh, he had posted a picture of one. I remember, yes. And the picture was completely unappetizing. It was just like a a giant piece of lettuce with what looked like one mozzarella stick on it or something. Yeah, it wasn't like, it it seemed like even the image might have been a joke. And he posted it really just expressing his love of lettuce wraps. And here we have a tweet from earlier today, the day that we're recording. And he has written, take your sandwich out for lunch. Be a great lettuce winner. And he has then put a Google search, a link to a Google search. For lettuce-wrapped sandwiches, Liam and Ryan. Um, I'm, there's one question I have to both of you about this tweet. He's written, be a great lettuce winner. And it feels to me like that's supposed to be some sort of pun, but I can't work it out. I'm going to start with you, Liam. What does lettuce winner mean? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. My inclination is uh, to say that he's, you know, you're replacing bread with lettuce. So you're being a great breadwinner, right? Bread. Oh, my goodness. Breadwinner. You know what? I think you've you've solved it. Ryan, (laughs) your thoughts on lettuce wraps. Um, Well, I mean, if Eric Roberts is is uh, repping them, I'm going to buy one. I know that much. Ryan Prowse, the director of Low Life. What's your favorite snack food? Oh my god! I mean, have you seen me? I'm a big fat man, so um, uh, just like chicken skin, pork rinds, things like mm-hmm. that. Just like real nasty. My wife's got like a really hysterical story. Like you know, we're we're both from the country. We're from Alabama and uh, Georgia, respectively. Mm-hmm. And when she was a kid, she went on like her first like teen road trip um, with a bunch of other girls to like Panama City or something. <laughs> She stopped and like in the car, she got pork rinds to eat on the way there. And they made her like throw them out the window because they stank so bad. And she was so embarrassed. And it was like from that point on, she's uh, hidden the fact that she's from the South. So don't tell anybody. Now, which one of you are from Alabama, Ryan? She's from Alabama. Uh, you're, from, you're from Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Mighty Atlanta, Georgia. 
Now, I only know a couple of things about Atlanta, Ryan. One of them is that they love Coca-Cola there. No, they hate it, actually. Do they hate it in, in Atlanta? They're tired of hearing about it. There's a there's a fucking Coke museum. That's like all there is to do there is like a Coca-Cola museum. And there's different like Coca-Colas of the world. But, you know, people in the South hate other countries. So it doesn't make any sense why they have different sodas there. But yeah, they do call all soda Coke. Oh, do they? That that's that actually is kind of offensive. Uh, Ryan, I used to watch the Turner Broadcasting uh, System channel. It was a television station uh, that was owned by Ted Turner, and they used to broadcast programs uh, five minutes after the end of the hour. That's right. Okay, five (laughs) minutes behind. That's right. So it would be five two. It would start. Everything would start a little earlier than everything else, which I found both irritating and confusing. So what was that all about, Ryan? Uh, I think an outlayer, they were trying to like, you know, do their thing, but also they couldn't figure out getting, it, it was actually, it was like 405, 505, whatever. So oh, right. I think that they probably fucked up the first time and just let it keep running. Right. I was got, you almost got to respect it. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a stubborn, it's like a doubling down on like, no, we meant to do that. Fuck you. Eric Roberts retweeted a tweet from the account called at fact. They tweeted this on January 2nd. It said, do hugs, not drugs, spread love, not legs, respect, don't judge, listen more, talk less, understand, don't assume, forgive and forget. Uh, Ryan, reading that over, what do you think? Do you agree with that as sort of a life motto? Um, no, I don't. Okay. Okay. Do you want to elaborate on that at all? Yeah, I mean, I mean, part of it's good, like respect, don't judge. But then you're kind of judging mm-hmm. with the spread love, not legs, the do hugs, not drugs. It's like it's already sort of like denying its message. So no, I, I feel it's false. Now, I agree with you, Ryan, but I'm going to turn it over to Liam. Now, Liam, you're notoriously straight edge. So obviously, <laughs> I'm notor- I like that I'm notoriously straight edge. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you, you do agree nailed with to the-, the X. You're nailed to the X, right? Is that, is that what's happening here? <laughs> it's true. Uh, street so, by street. <laughs> Liam, you obviously agree with the first part of this tweet. Uh, but uh, do you have do you, do you uh, respect where this is coming from on the whole, or do you have similar issues that Ryan does? I don't trust anything. It, it as you know, because you like to bring it up all the time. Mm-hmm. I also, I also, you know, have have a relationship to church folks, and too often church folks love things that like sound snappy. Like they have sort of like a snappy, or if it rhymes, oh my god! If this thing rhymed, you could like make a book out of it and sell it to church people, and people would be so stoked. And I, so I don't trust anything like this. I mean, obviously, like. Even, you know, something like respect, don't judge. Like, that sounds like real cool. Although, I, you know, I, it's all so much just light, frivolous nothingness that it doesn't really mean anything. And then I got to agree with the uh, spread love, not legs. It's just like, a, why is that even in here? What the fuck is at fact anyway? Like, who, <laughs> what is this account? And fact. why are they tweeting these weird things? I don't get it. Uh, not weird things. I think it's clear that it's a fact because it's at fact on Twitter. And the image that they use as their avatar is a fist breaking through the screen with the letters oh, yeah, F-A-C-T, F-A-C-T to, to really represent the fact that this is a fact. Uh, and Liam, I really did like hearing that. By the way, have you ever heard that God did make no trash? Oh, That's right. So, as a uh, Southerner, I can agree. 
I also don't know that you do hugs. That's that's it's kind of rubs me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, uh, Ryan, can we do a hug right now? I'd really no, like we're to doing do we're hug. doing hugs all over the place. Uh, hey, can we can we duck into this alleyway and do a little hug for a bit? Uh, I'd like my finish. You're like smacking your arms, like oh, I need a hug. Come on, man, hook me up. Uh, so I think we all agree that Eric Roberts is uh, – he's really misguided with his retweet of this ad fact. Does he have like someone like handlers? Maybe a handler got in there and retweeted this one and he oh, like checked it. I mean it has to have been a handler. In fact, every or, time he or, – Or Eliza. Or Eliza. It's so, Julia Roberts. It's just <laughs> – fuck it. We don't mention that name on this show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that is. fucked up. <laughs> fucked up already <laughs> he, has a, he has a daughter named julia i didn't realize that yeah this is like <laughs> hour three in and i've already fucked up sorry guys january 8th ryan and liam uh eric roberts was obviously watching the golden globes awards uh which uh, just aired recently uh and he tweeted hashtag oprah at oprah you unburdened us of secrets and shame made the right things right went from confusing to clear eradicating child abuse needs to be next Naturalchild.org at Mom Eliza Roberts, which might suggest that Eliza had a hand in this tweet. Uh, Ryan, did you watch the Golden Globes? Uh, yes, yes, we did. And what did you think? I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm really. I, I saw this somewhere. Somebody else said this, but I am looking forward to uh, in the Schadenfreude sort of way, um, like whoever gets pinned next in trouble or whatever. And then they mm-hmm. use the photo with the time, like where the dude's wearing the times up pen and he's like in trouble for mad sexual misconduct will be, you know, pretty hysterical. So if, if it goes more than 48 hours before that actually occurs, <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to be very, very surprised. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, uh, anyway, let's not get into that news, but I'm sure it's something we could discuss. Uh, do you have any feelings uh, one way or the other on award shows in general, Ryan, I mean, it must be sort of conflicting because you are winning awards left and right for your amazing movie. But uh, the whole idea of movies competing against each other, do you have any issues with that? No, man. I mean, fucking pit them against each other, Thunderdome style. Like, it's, I, I enjoy the Oscars. It's like my Super Bowl because I don't like sports. But <laughs> I also, yeah, I mean, I, I think they get a bum rap where they're always like, oh, we're going to wrap this up soon or whatever. It's like, fucking let it go on forever. Who gives a shit? What else is it going on? Like, it's fun. Honestly, Ryan, I agree 100%. If that broadcast was nine hours, I would yeah, love every it. second. Like, what are you I, doing? <laughs> I, would, I would love it even more because people would be losing their shit about oh, yeah. how long it was. Yeah. It would make I, you I do so like happy. the Golden Globes. Or, I, they didn't really do it this year that much because I guess it was like more serious. But I love when that's the boozier one. Like, that's fun because that's like looser, you know? <laughs> Not not this year. No, no not this year. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say something like no fun allowed, but that really kind of uh, uh, undermines a very serious topic, which yep. I do not want to do. Probably I'll edit out that part uh, when I get to it. Liam, your thoughts on award shows. Are you a fan of the – generally of the Academy Awards? No, I hate it. It's uh, actual pain and suffering for me. Wow. Well, this episode must have been a joy. Yeah, no, it's really great. No, I mean, it's it's actually that I'm I'm exaggerating only because I don't usually find them particularly entertaining. And um, and I have no like like I can either I I can try to ignore it. But like I feel like uh, when I'm on Twitter, a lot of people who are 
film Twitter people like to talk shit on the awards, but mm-hmm. then when the awards are going on, they can't help but talk. So like, even if I'm not watching them, I'm like l- hearing about it constantly or whatever. But, uh, but honestly, like I, I'm actually fine with just the next day reading the results. Like I actually am fine with like knowing the results, even though they never seem to conform with my ideas of what was the best movies of the year, but that's fine. Um, but the actual show, I just, I just don't enjoy it. I'm just, I can't get into it. Uh, I don't, it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I've just never, I even like, I thought I would get into it, uh, going to parties, you know, like people have Oscar sure, parties and I was like, this is the way, cause I can, you know, I hate sports, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, put, put some wings and some nachos in front of me and, and I can get into a Super Bowl party. Like, you know, I'm just going to eat some junk food and watch some dudes <laughs> run into each other. Sounds cool. But Oscar parties too. I can't do it. I don't know what it is, but I just don't like it. Liam, perhaps you don't know that uh, the Oscars are the time when the stars come out to shine. <laughs> oh, you know, I just haven't been thinking about that part. Uh-huh. I will say the one thing that this is terrible, though, but the one thing that I, I do always kind of get emotional about, even though I, I tell myself I, I wouldn't, is the uh, in memoriam when they talk about all the folks who have passed away. Uh, at the Oscars, they always do like the who passed over or passed away in the last year. That always gets me a little bit. That's a emotionally raw time because I every time I think like, oh, I don't know these people. I don't care about that. But I, I do. I always care and I always get a little sad. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very natural response. In fact, we were robbed of our in memoriam on the episode, uh, the episode of the Academy Awards that we'll be discussing a little bit later. But we'll get to that soon. First, I want to talk about this article that you're going to find very interesting, Liam. It's called. The big screen in 2018, Lehigh Valley actors. Oh, God, I hate you so much. (laughs) Lehigh Valley actors' talent will make an impact. This is from McCall.com, and it's an article about the Lehigh Valley. One of the worst websites ever, by the way. Okay, I don't give a fuck. Uh, Lehigh Valley. (laughs) (laughs) This is about how actors and talent from Lehigh Valley are going to make a big impact in 2018. And I bring it up, Liam. Because uh, it does mention that uh, Zeke Zelker's film Billboard will be due out in the spring, perhaps in the very same time that Low Life is available. And this is about uh, some sort of radio station and a Billboard sitting contest. And the cast includes Heather Matarazzo, uh, Eric Roberts, and John Waters. Uh, Liam, you might recall we talked about this a while back on Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. Uh, and uh, if I remember correctly, Liam, you could have been an extra in this, but you wussed out. Is that correct? I didn't wuss out. I couldn't mm-hmm. get down there on the day that they were doing stuff. You couldn't bother to hang out no, with Eric Roberts and oh John Oh, my Waters. God. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really – I actually I, – I also didn't realize – it wasn't that. The day, uh-huh. you told, the day you told me to go down, you didn't tell me to go down so I could be an extra. You just wanted me to stalk Eric Roberts. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I just don't have the time to go and stalk Eric Roberts. And then it was only later that you revealed through your uh, intrepid research mm-hmm. that if I had shown up, that was actually for extras as well, which was not clear in the message you gave me. Uh, Ryan, have you seen the movie Creed? Of course. What am I? Well, Jesus oh, I, well, I know you don't care for sports, so maybe you weren't interested. Well, in I, that, that's sports of the heart, right? That's a yeah. very, very good point. Well, I bring it up, and Liam cursed me just for a moment. Very ungodly uh, thing for you to say, by the way, Liam. Yeah, I don't uh, <laughs> that that Liam is actually a featured player in the movie. Oh my Creed. God, I, I hate you so much. Did you get Tell your some... uh, your sad card. Mm-hmm. No, no, nope. No? What, no. they denied you? <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> what scene is it again, Liam, that we can find you in the movie Creed? You can't find me. No one who 
doesn't like know me very well would know it was me. You can't even see my face. You'd have to be able to recognize my forearms. Uh-huh. So which <laughs> scene is it? <laughs> the the boxing match with the balcony. All right. The boxing match with the balcony. Everyone keep your eyes out for Liam O'Donnell in the movie Creed. New to DVD is the 2015 movie No Solicitors. Uh, and I have posted a picture for the two of you of the uh, of the poster for the movie here. Uh, it actually is quite a striking poster, I would say. Could you describe it for me, Liam? Well, we've got uh, Eric Roberts um, looking like Eric Roberts, uh, mm-hmm. though with with bigger glasses than I kind of remember him having. And he's holding a. I assume this is a martini. I'm not a boozer, so I don't know. But it, it looks it looks like a like a martini. Only the accoutrement for this martini appear to be an eyeball, which uh, is kind of perfectly stabbed without any blood, but then a bleeding finger as well. And Mm -hmm. he's maybe offering you – I can't tell if he's going to drink the martini or if he's giving you the martini. It kind of seems like he's offering it to us, the viewers. And Mm -hmm. it has the tagline, the Cuttermans don't mind if you drop by as long as you have good taste. Ryan, looking at this poster – would you uh, go out of your way to check out No Solicitors? Uh, no. <laughs> what if I was to tell you that the film featured Sleepaway Camp's Felissa Rose, Return of the Living Dead's Beverly Randolph, and Eric Roberts? Okay, yes. You got me. Uh, there we go. <laughs> it, it's, uh, is that his body? Uh, I mean, look. <laughs> there's a lot of filters going on here. Uh, it's his head. We know that. That's right. definitely that's Eric Roberts' head. <laughs> that, I don't even think that's his glass. Maybe that's his eyeball. I don't know. Uh, striking, very circular eyeball. Very impressive. Uh, you can keep your eyes out. I don't know why it took no solicitors so long to get to DVD, but uh, in case it didn't come across from uh, Liam describing that image, it's about cannibals. It's some sort of cannibal movie. It's a family. They invite people to dinner, and then they uh, – let me see what it says here. The solicitor soon, yeah. So someone comes to the door and they eat him. So that should be fun. Eric Roberts eating people in No Solicitors, available now on DVD. Uh, we also mentioned on a recent episode the gay themed superhero film Surge of Power, Revenge of the Sequel. If you go over to filmthreat.com, you can listen, listen, you can uh, view a review for Surge of Power, Revenge of the Sequel, which is uh, pretty positive. Uh, it actually says it doesn't entirely work as the script doesn't properly explain the world nor introduce the characters very well. <laughs> However, the comedy beats land nicely, the parodying of superheroes is very amusing, and the movie's heart is in the right place. The star-studded Surge of Power, Revenge of the Sequel. Liam, are you going to see it? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think that falls within the realm of our blood oath. We made a blood oath, so we need to see the superhero film Surge of Power, Revenge of the Sequel. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2016's Leaves of the Trees, starring Eric Roberts... The great Sean Young and Armand Asante. Ryan, what's your favorite Sean Young no, film? That's a oh man, I mean that's a powerhouse mm-hmm. like cast right there. Um, I it's like uh, I'm going for the like the Sandman alternate like dimension version of Catwoman that she never got to play. That's she my really shot. wanted to play Catwoman. <laughs> Anyone who was alive during the the early nineties, uh, boy, she was really into the idea of playing Catwoman. Did not come to pass uh, for various reasons. Liam, Sean Young, yes or no? Sure. Uh huh. What's your favorite 
Sean Young performance? Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, hmm. Boy, listening to you think is really... It's just tremendous podcast. Well, you can edit it. This is what editing is for, you dingbat. I don't have all goddamn day, Liam. Well, I mean, okay, because the only thing that immediately came to mind was Blade Runner, but that just yes, seemed too obvious. So I'm like, uh, what else is there? You're probably are... Your brain is thinking Ace Ventura, but then your brain is saying, well, the transphobia stuff is pretty iffy these days. And you're right to think that. What about Dune, huh? Hey, you said it. Let's go. I do like – I actually do like Dune. I don't know why – I let people – I let Dune kind of become like a punchline a little bit uh-huh. because I guess people just think it's really bad. But I, I don't know. I can put it on now and kind of enjoy it. William, the tagline for Leaves of the Tree is, there is a line between humanity and divinity. As a religious man yourself, do you agree? Uh, what is that? Say that again. There is a line between humanity and divinity. I don't know what that fucking means. All right. Well <laughs> – uh, you, you ponder it. We'll come back to it when we eventually watch Leaves of the Tree, starring Eric Roberts, uh, probably already available. We'll check it out on a future episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking event. <clears throat> but now we need to go to the main event. The stars have come out to shine. Hollywood's biggest night. It's the 58th annual Academy Awards. The first aired on March 25th, 1986. We're going to take our first break. And when we return, the Academy Awards. From the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion is the 58th annual Academy Awards from the year 1986. Oh, yes. It's the biggest night in Hollywood. It is uh, the night where Eric Roberts was nominated for his uh, Academy Award for the film Runaway Train. Uh, and the, the, the awards itself were hosted. It had three hosts. Who were the hosts of the 58th annual Academy Awards, Liam? Well, uh, so there was... Um... Alan Alda, and there was Jane Fonda, and then there was kind of Robin Williams, or at least he was there, but it seemed like a lot of the heavy lifting was coming from Alan Alda and Jane Fonda, and Robin Williams just was there for a few uh, possibly ill-thought-out 
comedic uh, comedic beats. It's not like a hosting job like we would think of it in uh, modern Academy Awards, right? There isn't they they don't participate in like an opening number or even a monologue or anything like that. They sort of go back to them every once in a while to introduce the presenters, but there isn't right. much to the hosting gig outside of Robin Williams doing some shtick throughout the, uh, the the evening. Until you pointed it out, I didn't even realize they were the hosts because it kind of felt like there was a, a cast of people coming in and out. So I, 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 I wasn't really thinking like, oh, they're the ones in charge, but then I just realized like they ended the broadcast, so that would make sense. Hanoi Jane, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> good good point over to you ryan uh what did you think of the hosting job of alan alda jane fonda and robin williams uh yeah i thought same thing they were fine robin williams was extra weird it felt like he like they just called him up that day and right. he had no time to prepare and he was like maybe i'll do a racist bit or something i don't know like we can just get this going we'll, we'll flow on it it's like what comedians complain about now where they're like, you shouldn't film me while I'm working my material out. And he was just kind of workshopping his material at the Academy Awards. Robin Williams was the kind of comedian who was always on, which I'm sure was like a delight if you were out for drinks with him or something like that. But in this sort of, of uh, context, I found him a little bit irritating, I have to be honest. And of course, we love Robin Williams and he had so many great performances. But here he's... That said, he is keeping things rather light, but as Ryan alluded to, there is this really uncomfortable racist bit at the beginning where he's translating these welcome messages to all the nations of the world, which, hey, I'll tell you what, would not fly in 2018. And when people say that sort of thing, they usually mean it like, oh, the good old days. You could do things like that. Those were not the good old days. 1986 were definitely not the good old days. Now, uh, Ryan, you talked a little bit about your love for award shows. Mm -hmm. uh, do you remember any particular moments in Academy Awards history that have stuck out to you as particularly memorable? Well, I mean, obviously last year's was a big one with the, with the whole uh, best picture thing. That was so cool because I remember mm -hmm. sitting there watching it like we were all just kind of minding our own business, stuffing our faces, as you say, and then... Uh, and then he snatched that fucking card away from Warren Beatty with such like, a baller-ass move. And it was like, no, look, it's real. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. That's the, that's the high drama we're looking for. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just been, there's been so many. I, I really like the, like, when people are just crazy deer in headlights, which, uh, you know, I I am the worst public speaker as well, so I, I'm definitely uh, party to. But, like, it was kind of cute in this one that they kept bringing out, like, Brat Packers, and they were, like, really scared the whole time, you know? Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Liam, do you have any favorite Academy Awards moments? Mm. Despite the fact that you hate the broadcast. No, definitely not. No, really? Never? I mean no, I mean, like I said, I haven't I haven't tried to watch them in a few years anyway, and I don't. Nothing sticks out to me from the past ones per se. Well, what about when uh, Sashin Littlefeather came out to accept the award for Marlon Brando and talked about the plight of the uh, Native American people in the, the United States? Didn't you yep. know that happened. But I will mention when that streaker came out when David Niven was presenting. Look, that's another great Academy Award moment, Liam. Uh, sure. That Liam, it's great. the night the stars come out to shine. I mean, a streaker came out at the homecoming game my senior year in high school, but I don't try to think about it now as cool. Or anything. Tell me more about this. So it was the homecoming game. 
Uh-huh. And did, did they run into the field naked? Oh, yeah. During uh, halftime. Okay. And then what happened? I don't uh, They ran across the field. I don't fucking know. Okay. Were mm-hmm. you there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, your memory seems to be a little dim, Liam, but I guess that does happen uh, once you get up there in age. Now, one of the things that <laughs> marks uh, uh, any good Academy Awards broadcast is the uh, performances. There uh, Usually there's performances of the best song category, but there's also um, usually like tribute performances. They'll bring out some uh, someone from the past. I remember a few years ago, Lady Gaga came out and did, I think, a Sound of Music uh, a montage of some of the, the best songs from that. This particular broadcast had a number of performances on it. And starting with you, Liam, I want you to tell me which of the performances was your favorite and which was your least favorite? Starting with your favorite. Let's stay positive. Mm, probably. <laughs> so this is I, this is a weird thing, but it's probably a tie uh, between <laughs> Huey Lewis and the News uh-huh. and Lionel Richie. Okay. Now, and Huey even, Lewis, who, what, why was Huey Lewis at the Oscars? Mm, that's actually a good question. I don't remember what movie his song what? was from. Are Come you on. fucking yeah? Uh, back sorry. to the future, goddamn it! Yeah, back to the future, you <laughs> oh, fucking right, Nimrod. What? What are you talking about, Liam? <laughs> See, he was performing is... the Power of Love. What I, movie? I feel like I feel, I feel like uh, what's happening right now is a one of the reasons I don't really care about award shows, <laughs> and b a recreation of my experience at Super Bowl parties around football nerds. I, I would add that this is, is doubly embarrassing because on the screen in front of you is a list of the performers and what they were nominated for, uh, including Huey Lewis in the News performing The Power of Love from Back to the Future, as well as... Oh, I wasn't ma- looking at that. I was looking at your notes. Oh, that's well, a good that's idea. Fine. I should look at that thing. There's also... No, no. It's actually in my notes that I've sent over to you. It's a list of performers. And Lionel Richie was performing Say You, Say Me from the film White Knights. Uh, yeah, what is White Knights? I know the song very well, but I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't that know that was the actual song for the movie. That's yeah, that was crazy. I, it sounds like a, a movie about uh, United States in the year 2018 under President Trump. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? <laughs> Ryan, wait, wait a minute. In your notes, you just have the list of presenters. All right, Uh-oh. look up, look way up, <laughs> look up, Liam. It's a very similar kind of list. I, I don't want to talk about this, but I'm looking at it right now, so there's no way I could be wrong. Really? Mm, I missed it's it. just a – I'm looking up White Knights. It's just a travel log. This is ridiculous. Really? So what? Just, there's no way he made the song for that. I guess it's like a dance thing or something. Team oh, of travel log filmmakers from Finland who previously had done work in the Soviet Union hired to film a number of locations in Leningrad. Lin- well, didn't Lin- didn't he Lin- did didn't he have two songs nominated too? And color well, was... purple, something for yeah. color purple, right? Yeah. That that Lionel Richie, I'll tell you, multi talented, uh, and this was yeah, his yeah. first win. Spoiler alert uh, of an Academy Award for his song "Say You Say Me." But I want to move over uh, now that we've gotten through that unpleasantness uh, over to Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, did you have a favorite performance? It doesn't have to be one of these um, nominated. No, it was songs, definitely it was definitely Lionel Richie. Um, that was. I mean that that's just as I said that's a that's a karaoke jam that's a bop right there say you say me that's like one of my go tos so that was exciting to see and his jacket was fire he looks really cool yep um, he was singing in a very intense 
man, it was like, weird. Was really into sitting, it. He's like, it starts where he's sitting in a chair for forever. Like it looks like the Memorex ad or something. He's just sitting <laughs> in like, uh, an old, like, you know, like whatever that, that chair, whatever that turn of the century shit is. And then he's, uh, it's like half the song. He's just sitting there and you can see him being like, shit, when am I going to get up? I'm supposed to get up at some point. Uh, it's coming. Okay. Now I get up. And then, the song kind of picks up, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was a cool performance. Um, and Huey Lewis's was weird to me just because like the audience was part of the dancers and it was like <laughs> such a corny ass song anyways. And it was like, they had to hire people who were acting like they were into the song, you know, it's just whatever. The not best a, part not a news fan. The, the best part is that I, I, I created an animated GIF of this. Yeah, like as you mentioned, Ryan, they have this audience on the stage and they are choreographed along to this song. And when he says, that's the power of love, they lose their fucking minds. <laughs> they start shaking their arms and dancing around. like They're like, yes, it is the power of love. Except what the fuck is that song even really about? Um, I, Liam, do you get offended when Huey Lewis sings that he wants a new drug? <laughs> Why would I be offended by that? Well, you know, no, I don't know. Drug. I mean, drugs are bad, right? Oh my god, fucking hugs, not so drugs. Bad. As you're, as the, you're uh, an actual monster. Anyway, let me talk about my favorite performance. It was, of course, the opening performance from the lovely oh, Terry Gar, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> who, who performed. I never realized I hated Terry Gar until now. You do not hate Terry Gar. She is a delight. Was and that she... plane supposed to be on fire? Like that. <laughs> so this broadcast open now. Famously, the Academy Awards starts usually with a musical number, often sung by Billy Crystal in some sort of form. Uh, well, this was well before that, uh, and we have Terry Gar, the wonderful Terry Gar, and she is uh, dancing and singing on the wings of an aeroplane, uh, along with some other women. And then the plane arrives at this theater where the Academy Awards is taking place. And then she continues her musical performance of Flying Down to Rio, as well as some other songs. And it is a huge, huge production number. And at some point, I think the lyrics of the song start to be about Terry Gar. I don't know what was going on. It's actually, (laughs) I started to feel a little out of it when it was getting to that point. I was like, what is happening? But uh, yeah, there's this amazing production number with Terry Gar, what did you think of this performance, Ryan? Uh, I thought it was really weird to start the whole thing. I really, th- I guess this whole show did feel like very slapdash thrown together <laughs> last minute. And I think Terry Gar had that plane in storage, and she's like, you know, I got a fucking plane that sparkles, and we can just start the thing. And they're like, yeah, fine, okay, good, whatever, because it was just odd to start off with. And uh, later on, they do like the was she the one who also does the song for the directors as well? Because that was weird, too. Uh, I, I believe, and I might be uh, misremembering that it's actually Barbara Streisand singing that song. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, which is a montage, yes, a montage of great directors. And it's actually kind of fun because there's some behind-the-scenes footage of things like Raiders, not Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Temple of Doom. And, Temple and of Pursuit. Doom. Yeah. I've, and, got and, a, I've got a theory working for that, temp- for like, we... We'll get to it later, but leave that Temple of Doom footage in your mind. Keep that in your I'm, mind. Cause... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it in my mind for sure. It yeah. did show a uh, brief clip of Terry Gilliam directing uh, Brazil, which just reminded me that Brazil is better than a lot of the movies that got nominated for awards on this show. Uh, okay. 
Just my opinion, certainly. But yes, Terry Garr did open the show. Uh, we're not going to go into every award in any detail. Uh, there are a number of other performances. There's uh, was Howard Keel comes out to sing a tribute to the MGM uh, musicals of yore, uh, and they then bring out a lot of the uh, the wonderful actresses uh, from the 50s and 40s and 60s uh, that were in a lot of those musicals, if you care about such a thing. I will say my favorite moment of the entire show outside of the uh, the final Best Picture uh, announcement was uh, a brief tribute to Singing in the Rain where they bring out uh, the stars of that film, uh, aged but uh, but still very spry. Um, and in fact, that was likely because Stanley Donen, the, uh, the director of Singing in the Rain, was the producer of this broadcast, which now makes the fact that both of you had talked about how slapdash and thrown together this performance, this whole uh, ceremony was, makes me feel very offended uh, on, on his behalf. Of course... Uh, I believe has he passed? No, he's still with us. Has not passed away. Stanley <laughs> Donovan, the like hack. He knows he's a hack. Yeah. <laughs> but I've uh, seen but, episodes of the Chris Gethard show with higher production value. It, 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 I mean, we should talk about this maybe in a little more detail, Liam. Before we started recording, you said it seemed like a public public access TV show. Uh, it it is compared to the very slick, uh, very uh, very Hollywood version of the Academy Awards we're used to in the uh, 2000s, this does feel in some ways a little more chintzy, a little bit more... it feels a little more improvised in some ways. You can see kind of the strings. You can see the people in the foreground, in the background, sort of manipulating things. Uh, I talked uh, right before we started about one of my favorite moments. Like one of the first things that happens is that they get all the nominated uh, people to stand up in the crowd and everyone just applauds <laughs> them like it's a, a rotary club meeting or something like that. <laughs> but I, it does feel a little smaller and a little more intimate and a little less public. And in some ways, I kind of like that. But, uh, but it yeah, also... Yeah, it's kind of like a Friars Club sort of vibe to it. Absolutely, right? And, and I think there's a little more looseness to some of the presenters as well. Though it still has the awful fucking intros that you expect out of an award show. Which presenter, Ryan, were you happiest to see on this broadcast? Uh, there were, I, was, there were so, I was so surprised. Well... It was interesting to me that they kept uh, recycling presenters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they kept coming back out. That was kind of weird. Like I love when I was a kid, I loved Flashdance. So that was cool to see the singer. I don't even know her name, but man, I love yeah, Flashdance. Right. And that weird, I guess that was another montage, wasn't it? Where she's like, here's all the losers that have all lost through the years of the Oscars was really funny where they're like, we really got it wrong. With Citizen Kane and shit. It was fucking crazy. It was so, like, I mean, that, that is such a strange moment. As you mentioned, there's a montage of, of movies that were nominated for Best Picture but did not win. And it's just basically, it's like classic after classic after classic. And you're like, all I could think was, yeah, the Academy Awards fucks it up every single yeah, time. Yeah. That's and all it reminds do it again you again this year. Too. <laughs> they're like prepping you for what's going to win. They're like, you, we know this shit is lame as hell and it'll just, you know. Uh, history will show it. Uh, but is there, was there any uh, specific, except for, uh, I believe it was Irene Cara was the uh, the singer of the, the Flashdance, uh, not Flashdance. Uh, Whoopies was cool, because who, whichever one she did, they couldn't come up to, accept, it wasn't for cinematography or something, so then she kind of like slyly made an accepted speech herself. <laughs> that was awesome. That that was awesome, and I hope that the person who actually won appreciated her thanking her own mother. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, over to you, Liam. Now, Liam, I've given both of you a list of presenters. Now, uh, we watched a rebroadcast of this Academy Awards ceremony uh, from the BBC a few years back that someone was good enough to record. Um, it feels like it may have been edited down a bit. In fact, when you watch it, it actually is a little more uh, easy to watch than a traditional Academy Awards broadcast If in terms of a rewatch because it kind of edits down to all the big moments and it cuts out a lot of people walking around the stage. But it, uh, it does say here that we missed... A, an Academy Award presentation by Michael Winslow from the Police Academy movies. For, oh, I love yeah, him. I love for, him. For, for best sound effects editing. Uh, and I do feel uh, sad that we didn't get to see that. But Liam, did you have uh, a presenter that you most enjoyed? Um, I So the one that I responded to the most was just the um, Jim Henson with Kermit and Scooter for the best animated short. Just mm-hmm. because I'm a, a mark for the Muppets, like I just fucking love them. So just seeing Jim Henson like alive and doing things, kind of like gets me a little emotional, you know. So sure. that that one. But honestly, I also find Sally Fields so charming, and she did too. She did Paul Newman and got a special <laughs> award, and she did uh, Best Actor. And I don't know, I just really like her. So that was kind of neat uh, to see again. Um, though the one that I that we were tweeting about was share for best supporting actor, which partly I was paying actually paying close attention to because it was Eric Roberts's one moment in this whole entire thing. But also, I was trying to figure out what the fuck share had on, like what, what, what is going on with that outfit. Straight, she was straight up evil Lynn. It was crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, universe said. yeah. She, I believe she cast a spell in the academy uh, to uh, to make them award Don Amici. With that uh, uh, award. We'll get to that in the just Meech. a little bit. Well, the I Meech. thought it was just, though, her, like, because she even kind of apologizes for wearing it. So it felt like real fucking poser. Like, it felt like she was yeah. like, look how crazy I am and look at this shit. As opposed to just doing it and wearing your evil in costume and just being yeah. fine with it. You didn't see Bjork apologizing for having that Hell dead no. swan around her. Hell right? no. You got to embrace that shit. Uh, we did mention the brat, the brat Packers that appeared. We do have Molly Ringwald presenting an award, and she John was so C- awkward. She was oh, she so was so awkward. cute when she does the hair flip. Oh, like, she awesome. starts with a hair flip. I thought she was adorable, and, she, and we do also have John Cryer, um, who who not only is nervous but says how nervous he is, which just made me notice how nervous he was. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I found that kind of, kind of thing pretty charming as well. Um, I do want to uh, just quickly mention as well that uh, that um, Liam, you brought up briefly that there is a uh, an award given to Paul Newman on this show. It's sort of, I guess, it's sort of like a lifetime achievement uh, award because he'd been nominated so many times without winning, um, and and it's basically just you know a recognition award more than anything else. Liam, tell me about Paul Newman's acceptance speech for this award. So they cut to him via satellite because he's working in Chicago and he's kind of hanging out and th- th- I'm trying to remember the room he's in, but um, <laughs> it was like, was there like a pool table? It felt like yeah, a very relaxed room. <laughs> <Tell her mommy. laughs> there is definitely a pool table in the foreground. of this room. It's a color of money. Was he shooting color of money then? I mean, I think color of money came out 85, right? So I guess it would have yeah. been before this. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I all I know is that he doesn't seem to me to quite give a shit. Like 
he just seems very like not into what's happening. Oh no, Color Money came out eighty six. Maybe he was shooting the Color of Money. Uh, yeah, he he seems. I actually kind of loved it because, like you said, it seems like he doesn't give a shit. It seems like he had prepared, like, maybe an anecdote about Cary Grant to say, but then as soon as it was time to actually say it, he was like, oh, I don't know if I should say this stupid (laughs) shit. He seemed very unsure about what he was saying. And see Paul Newman, the guy who's played the coolest fucking guy in the room in pretty much every role he's ever been, look kind of awkward and kind of sheepish. It actually, I actually really like seeing it. What did you think of Paul Newman on this, Ryan? I thought it was incredible. I'm going to go with it was Color of Money because I've made a whole uh, – I want to make like a short film about them shooting this where it's just Scorsese <laughs> like – because it was hysterical. Like in the background of it, yeah, they have the pool table. So they've got like one light and they've got one camera, right, like set up like we're on a set, you know, whatever. And I just I wanna I wanna believe that Scorsese was like on the other side of the camera directing this like via satellite, <laughs> basing it on like famous via satellites of all of like Hollywood lore or some shit, or like you know talking about fucking I don't know like the red shoes again or whatever, like just forever. <laughs> like, like he's like we're gonna base this on like you know the the color green in this is is from Visconti, whatever the fuck you know some Scorsese shit. So I, I loved it. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that it was just like, like he looked crazy embarrassed for having to be on like a fake movie set while he was like, oh, I'm shooting a movie. So we have to do this from this fake movie set that's clearly based on, you know, I don't know, like an, an old Archer film or something. It was, it was really, really funny. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to tell an awful joke as a tribute to Powell and Pressburger. Right? Yeah, exactly. with my acceptance speech. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty amazing moment. Uh, I'll actually, I put a clip of it on uh, Twitter and I'll, I'll link that in the show notes so everyone can take a little look, but we should now move on, not to the main event of Eric Roberts quite yet. I do want to talk about the, uh, the best picture uh, award. Um, now, <laughs> There's a lot of great presenters, as we've already mentioned, but for the uh, best picture, they bring out John Huston, Billy Wilder, and Akira Kurosawa to uh, to announce the nominees and then to present the award. And I'll tell you, as a nerd and a film nerd in particular, in particular, uh, seeing those three on stage was pretty actually pretty fucking cool. It's actually really cool to see them all together. And it seemed like the people in the crowd that they were cutting to were actually kind of geeking out on it as well. You saw. Oh, it was Sp- incredible. Yeah. I mean, they have Billy Wilder up there, and then it cuts to Spielberg, and Spielberg is all you can tell he's nervous because he's nominated, but he's also like like he's like I think he really thinks that this is a pretty cool thing. My favorite moment I think of the entire award show was Akira Kurosawa uh, talking about, it, basically saying the nominated film was out of Africa, the Sidney Pollock film, which actually went on to win Best Picture, spoiler alert. And when he says Sidney Pollock's name, they cut to Sidney Pollock, and he is losing his shit. He yeah. cannot believe Akira Kurosawa has said his name, and he's like, I mean, I think he doesn't even care about the award at that point. He's like, it's like, Kurosawa knows who I am. It's unbelievable. Well, and his he reaction. fucking beat Kurosawa. It was yeah. insane. <laughs> That's he right. Best director, Sidney Pollack already, they, they flew Akira Kurosawa over for that award show and made him introduce the guy who beat him. Ugh. 
Well, John Huston was nominated for that for Best Director as well. He and Best Picture, right? Well, they... and yeah, I think Prezi's Honor. That's right, was nominated for for Best Picture as well. So you got John Huston and Kurosawa <laughs> giving an award to the guy who beat them just like like forty five yeah. minutes before Shakespeare uh, in Love. It's just like <laughs> what the fuck? Like out of Africa beat all? Yeah, whatever. It was hysterical. Well, I mean, actually, let's let's talk about that. Now, 1986 was a pretty interesting year for films. I wouldn't necessarily say that in terms of what's represented here that that they're some of my own favorite movies. Uh, but they're still, you know, they're still very worthy uh, nominees. Um, are you a fan? Starting with you now, Liam. You haven't seen Out of Africa, is that correct? I have not. And you know what? I haven't either. How about yourself, Ryan? Uh, I am not a fan, and I like. Everyone involved, and I'm not a fan of it. It's like a, it's like a even lamer English patient. <laughs> well, it sounds great. Uh, yeah. Of the five films nominated that were uh, Witness, uh, Prizzy's Honor, Kiss of the Spider Woman, The Color Purple, and Out of Africa, the eventual winner, which of those uh, five is your personal favorite of the ones that you've seen? Starting with you, Liam. That's actually a hard question because uh, three of them, Witness, Color Purple, and um, why is it all of a sudden just out of my head? Kiss Witness, Color Spider? Purple, and Kiss of the Spider Woman are three movies I really like, but I haven't watched in a very long time. And I didn't realize they were all three nominated, so I've never really tried to like compare them in my head. But I think I'd probably go with the Color Purple, maybe? Uh, mm. No, Kiss of the Spider Woman. I will say, I think Ron is a better movie than all of those movies. Yeah, 100%. I don't for understand real. how Ron didn't, that uh, Kurosawa didn't win for Best Director. That's crazy. Oh, I think you know why, Liam. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sidney Pollock. Yeah. Sydney End of Pollock. story. Sidney Pollock. You know, fucking, you, you want to talk about directing, you talk about Sidney Pollock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We kid. We kid the Sidney Pollock. Uh, over to you, Ryan. Which of those five uh, would you have preferred win? Or maybe, hey, look, even though you just trashed out of Africa, maybe that's still the one that you prefer. Oh, no, man. Witness. Witness is a great movie. Um, I actually just, for some reason, watched that not too long ago. So it holds up. Uh, I love the, the, I love, what's his name? Uh, who, who did that? Peter Weir? Peter um, Weir, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of the people who think that Peter Weir has never made a bad movie. I love him uh, as a director. Yeah, and like, and... I didn't know that uh, Harrison Ford was nominated for Best Actor for that. That was incredible. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, I I love that all of the nominations for uh, for Witness, none of the people were there because they were all filming the Mosquito Coast yeah. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should mention that, despite the fact that I really do like Witness a lot, it winning Best uh, Original Screenplay over both Brazil and Back to the Future made me very angry. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But uh Look, no, and I like I like the style of witness, but like, yeah, it's got some some stuff and I really like Kiss of the Spider Woman as well. So uh yeah, but I I would take witness probably. Okay, gentlemen. The glitz and glamour must be pushed aside for just a moment. We need to talk about the award of all awards. The, the you know, people talk about actors that are an actor's actor. Well, I think the awards award is the best supporting actor mm-hmm. award. Uh, and on this, as you mentioned, Liam, the best supporting actor award is uh, presented by Sheer. Now, you mentioned that, that she was wearing an interesting uh, outfit. Could you please describe it in a little more detail? Oh, uh, no, I, I mean, no, I actually couldn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I know it's it's black. Uh, it has various things shooting off into the air. Um, it it isn't covering parts of her body. Uh, it just looks like parts of it aren't there. There's a lot of wavy lines. It, it's kind of I don't know. I don't feel like I know enough about fashion to describe the various elements, other than to say it very much felt like an animated character or even a comic book character sort of outfit. Mm. As Ryan mentioned, Evelyn from the He-Man, right? <laughs> like exactly, is, is is an excellent, uh, uh, exa- excellent comparison point, I would say. So the nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Don Amici for Cocoon, Klaus Maria Brandior for Out of Africa, the great William Hickey for Prissy's Honor, Robert Loggia for Jagged Edge, and Eric Roberts. For Runaway Train. Quite a collection of actors. By the way, I'd forgotten that Robert Loggia was nominated here. Yeah. And that was, he's there sitting with the best fucking pair of sunglasses you could ever put on <laughs> in your life. Uh, and William Hickey, who I think he was born 90 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was old as shit. in that school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but actually, I, I haven't seen Prissy's Honor since I was a teenager and was watching all of John Huston's movies. So I can't even remember if that movie's any good or not. But I can tell you that Eric Roberts was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but did not win. I want to get your thoughts first, Ryan. Even knowing how this was to turn out, were you disappointed when the name Don Amici was uh, was said instead of Eric Roberts on this broadcast? I was. I really was, because Eric Roberts is great in Runaway Train as well. Um, and fucking Cocoon is... <laughs> Lord, 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 Lord above. Terrible. So So, strong feelings on the film Cocoon here. Cocoon. Like, I remember being a kid and getting, I'm sure like everybody else, suckered into like, oh, okay, this is some ambulance shit or whatever. And just got fucking like, I was like, I think I went and saw it in the theater. I was like, what was that? That was crazy. That was terrible. In the year 1986, everyone had Cocoon Fever. And unfortunately, <laughs> that fever infected the brains of the Academy, and they gave Don Amici the Best Supporting Actor. Look, I am not criticizing Don Amici. Great actor, and he gives a very, very nice speech when he wins, and he has a tremendous voice. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's nice to see him He's and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you, it seemed like one of those uh, picks that you sometimes see on the Oscars where it was just sort of like an overdue award. They gave it to him. You know, it's just very sentimental. And in fact, um, the opening of the of the version of the Academy Awards that we watched had a BBC uh, a presenter basically say that a lot of these choices might be sentimental. And, you know, he was kind of right. Liam, did you feel, did you sink into a depression when you heard a name that wasn't Eric Roberts <clears throat> said? I mean, I was expecting it, as you said, because we knew that he didn't win. But Mm -hmm. I didn't. I actually 100% did not know who won. I just knew he did not win. And so when I was looking at the field and I was like, I wonder which one of these uh, folks beat out our man here. And when they, you know, share read out Don Amici for Cocoon, it was. It actually hit me as a surprise. I had no idea. And I was a little annoyed. Yeah, because fucking Cocoon. It's not a fan of Cocoon, Liam. No, 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 no. What do you Nobody's think a of... fan of Cocoon. Nobody. There's no well, well, somebody, somebody must be, because if you've ever looked for VHS tapes 
secondhand ever. <laughs> there is always five copies of Cocoon. I've never been in any thrift store, any library, any place where they're getting rid of old VHS tapes. That's and the there point. are not five copies like, of Cocoon. People accidentally bought it thinking it was like somebody's grandparents oh, yeah, thought it was E.T. or whatever the fuck and gave it to their grandkids. And then they had to get rid of it because they were like, fucking Cocoon. We don't even want this no, on no. our shelf. No, no, no. It was the cocoon fever <laughs> that everyone <laughs> was suffering from at the time. Did now, they have like Burger King cups and shit, like cocoon Burger King <laughs> merchandise, <laughs> tie-ins. Now, Ryan, you're an accomplished director. Uh, what are your thoughts on little Ronnie Howard, the director of Cocoon? Uh, I think he is a good director. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know anything about the whole Star Wars thing, but I think that's kind of a bummer that those guys got pushed off of it and he's mm-hmm. doing it. But, um, yeah, man, he somehow like, you know, defies the odds. Like he'll just make a movie that you're like, Oh, that doesn't look that good. And then you'll, and then you're crying at Cinderella, man. So I, I can't deny that he can make a movie. Well, say that I'm just going to throw out a scenario for you. Ryan. Okay. So okay. JJ Abrams is directing, uh, the, uh, three, six, ninth, Star Wars movie, if you count the the third trilogy that we're yep. in the midst of, say well J. deserved, J. well deserved, sure, certainly. So J.J. Abrams gets on the wrong side of somebody at Disney, right. and he gets thrown out. Right, he's about let's say twenty percent, thirty percent of the way through the movie, and they call up Ryan Prowse and they're like, Ryan, we want you on board. J.J.'s out. Are you ready to step into the role? Would you do it? Uh I would do so. I heard a really funny story one time with Haskell Wexler talking about like he kept getting a movie, right? He's a famous DP, 70s, 80s, shot a bunch of dope stuff. Sure. He kept getting movies and then he would get kicked off of them halfway through. (laughs) And he would, and I can't remember who the, the other DP was, but there was one dude who kept always getting like he would pick up the slack and get the job. And it just somehow kept working like it, like it was three movies in a row. He would get fired off of this other dude would come and take over. And he got hired one time, and he finally just called that guy and was like, "Hey, clear your book in a couple of weeks." So I just got fucking <laughs> jump. So I would if I got if I got Star Wars, I would call up Ron Howard and I would say, "Clear your book because they're gonna fire my ass pretty quickly." <laughs> and you can come and scoop up and and sweep up and finish the job here. Liam, would you have any moral issue with uh, taking the proverbial sloppy seconds on a Star Wars movie? Um, I mean, at this point in my life, hell no. I need a job, man. I, you know, I'm leaving. I'm leaving what little appointment I have. So if someone was trying to give me an opportunity to do any, I, at this point, if they were like, "We need you to just come in and uh, hold a bucket for Ron Howard to shit in." Uh, while he directs Star Wars, I'd be like, "Yeah, sounds good." Is there healthcare with that? Does healthcare come with that? All right, I'm in. But uh, it would not come know. with it, unfortunately. The no, no. job, <laughs> no, probably not. But you know what I mean, like, like. But if I was, I don't know, a person who had accomplished a thing, would I want to do it? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I mean, personally, I I would find the whole directing Star Wars thing a little weird, only because like I, I because I don't. I'm, I'm out of that world. It's not something that I have to worry about. Like from an outsider's perspective, directing anything with that sort of like mouth breathing, frothing, mutant like fan base just seems like a heap of trouble. I don't want anything to do with. So Liam, you do you... like 
Rogue Two or something, then you would just like skirt around the main trilogy. Sure, if I had that opportunity, that would be fine. I just don't want to be part of the canon, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, well, fair enough. Liam, what did you think of Eric Roberts' response to not winning the Academy Award? Uh, you know, I was looking for it and I didn't notice anything particular. Did he? He didn't do anything in particular, right? I was just wondering if if you thought if there was anything that you might have noticed. I mean, he seemed very gracious. He didn't do one of those fuck things, you know. God damn it, Don Amici. Oh, I mean, uh, let's compare. Let's compare it to his co-star, who when John Voight. John Voight. Put that work in. <laughs> you know, when the look on his face, yeah, when they cut from uh, the uh, uh, the person who won, well, who won? John or uh, John Hurt who? for no, wait, John, uh, yeah, for yeah, uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they cut from him, like that was clearly a that was a shade move to cut to John. Like someone was looking at the cameras, going, "Cut to John, <laughs> cut to John right now, cut to him." And they cut to him, and you're like, "No, oh, he looks so mad. He's so unhappy right now." John Voight has brought his entire family to the Academy Awards. Which, <laughs> by the way, that that's not a cool move. And that includes, by the way, his daughter Angelina, who is there, like sitting next to him, basically in the crowd. Uh, there's an interview after the broadcast. I don't know if you guys stuck around to watch this, where of the course. BBC. Guy is interviewing John Voight, and he's like, "What a shame that you didn't win Best Actor with your family here." And he's—you could see the barely restrained rage. I, by the way, I think that's where he switched from left wing <laughs> to right wing, right there. Uh, <laughs> basically, basically, it's like, well, maybe there'll be another opportunity. But guess what, John Voight? There wasn't. The opportunities were behind you, unfortunately. But yeah, he—he uh, he seemed visibly pissed off, while Jack Nicholson seemed like he couldn't give less of a shit. In a million if, years. <laughs> if ja- if Jack Nicholson eventually revealed that he was actually asleep, like he had taken so much <laughs> Quaaludes or Valium or something that he was literally asleep at that moment, I would believe it. Like, no amount of convincing I would believe it. He went to the awards show with his uh, I believe girlfriend at the time, Angelica Houston, of course the daughter of John Houston, who won Best Supporting Actress at the ceremony. And when they are showing the nominations, it slowly zooms into his face. And he gives this look like, I don't, not only do I not give a fuck, I'm fucking with the cameraman right now. And she's staring at him. And it's like she can't believe that he doesn't care about this, which is, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very Jack Nicholson move. Uh, Ryan, what did you think? Did you think anything of, of Eric Roberts' response to uh, the unfortunate loss here? Oh, man, he played it cool. He knew he was going to be back. That's right. He knew he was going to be back. Unfortunately, that was not, has not yet to occur. I should mention, by the way, that Eric Roberts came to the ceremony with the actress Dana Wheeler-Nicholson, uh, who you might know from the uh, classic comedy Fletch, as well as uh, Tombstone, and the film Circuitry Man, which is, boy, that's something, that movie is. <laughs> but uh, but a wonderful actress in her own right. And in fact, when I uh, I put an animated GIF on the Eric Roberts is a Fucking Man Twitter feed, Eric Roberts himself responded to say that it was uh, Dana Wheeler-Nicholson and uh, linked to her Twitter feed, which we'll, uh, we'll link into the show notes as well. But yes, maybe Eric Roberts, maybe the peak of Eric Roberts' Hollywood star, uh, that part of his career, but uh, certainly He's not the end of it. Looking good, too. Looking sharp. He... Looking sharp. Yeah. That hair, I think his haircut was peak Eric Roberts. Do you think so, Liam? Yeah. I mean, Pete Good, Eric Roberts. What are you talking it about? It looked like Don Amici had the, like, did you notice his, like, did he have make, it looked like a Cesar Romero makeup over his mustache sort of oh thing. Oh, my. 
scandalous. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was hiding it. Maybe he was uh, pulling a Henry Cavill, and they had to do a little, uh, little. Uh, it, it was, of was course, he in like a car accident or something at some point, maybe. Possibly, maybe he had a Mark Hamill like a car accident. And they had to cover it up. They should have had a Wampa come in and slash him across the face. Uh, boy, a lot of Star Wars talk on this episode of Eric Roberts. He's <laughs> the fucking man. It's important. It's important. That uh, that I believe completes our examination of the which Academy Awards was this again the the <laughs> the fifty eighth annual Academy Awards broadcast on March twenty fifth nineteen eighty six. I want to just check with both of you before we go to our final break. Uh, what did you think, uh, sort of of overall? Is there anything that we didn't discuss? Were there any moments? Did you enjoy the process? I know at the beginning, Liam, that you said that you didn't enjoy award shows generally. Did you have a good time with this one overall? There were definitely highlights, and I, I do kind of like there's something about seeing that era of Hollywood that is kind of surprising in a way. Like I don't I was too young to really notice those sorts of things at the time. So um, you know, just that aspect of it was kind of interesting, but no, it it it's mostly clunky and and annoying and uh and um a lot of the bits didn't work and yeah, so no, it wasn't that great. Liam, not charmed by the rough edges of this Academy Awards broadcast. Let's finish off with you, Ryan. What were your closing thoughts about this Academy Awards ceremony? Well, I just... Uh, the the ceremony itself was cool. I thought it was kind of weird that... Uh, or I thought it was kind of fucked up that like they pushed some of the other uh, awards to like the yeah. scroll at the end, the, uh, the credit <laughs> scroll, and they're like... Oh, here's makeup and whatever else. Who gives a shit? Do you uh, think right? that was the BBC though, or was that in the original? I couldn't tell if that was just the BBC edit we were watching, or if in the uh, original broadcast. You know okay. what I mean? I wasn't I bet sure. The about... original broadcast was like three fucking hours. Yeah, possibly. I wasn't sure about that myself, though. It was an American announcer saying that like these awards were given earlier, and like Ron got one for costuming and stuff like that. It's like that's the shit I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, it's um, that would that's weird. That part's weird. Yeah. And the uh, I would be remiss out mentioning that that young Sherlock Holmes uh, fucking stained glass night that like didn't that yes. like invent VFX and that lost again to goddamn fucking cocoon like so, they just ugh. this this was a great thing for you to bring up Ryan you're right the the 3D effect uh, sorry three the computer generated effects in young Sherlock Holmes which by the way I just watched again last month and that's a pretty darn good movie but that part has held up like extremely well. And the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater, Return to Oz, was also nominated. And that has yeah. some amazing awesome. special effects in it. Awesome. And they're both just terrifying and dope and they work in the movies and fucking cocoon. Fucking cocoon. I think if I've we... actually never seen Return to Oz. And that one little clip they showed, I was like, oh, I need to see this movie. Oh, it's, it's gnarly as hell. If you see it when you're five or six years old, like I do, Liam, it will fuck you up. There's some really creepy shit in mm-hmm. there, which is why it bombed horribly, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and Faruza Balt. But, man, and, she's awesome. Yeah, she is. And she's a very young child in that fucking movie. I think the, uh, the, the takeaway from this Academy Awards uh, ceremony uh, can only be encompassed by saying, fucking cocoon. It fuck screwed yeah. up everything. Ron Howard, you did it again. Opie. Fuck off. <laughs> you screwed up Eric Roberts' big moment. But that's okay. There were many big moments to come, including his culminating big moment when he was interviewed by Liam and I on stage. Isn't that right, Liam? That's true. That's pretty high up there. I mean, oh. I, we we personally uh, didn't have Alan Alda, but otherwise it was it was pretty good. 
I mean, basically, we were his Academy Award moment. So I guess it, this all ends on a very high note anyway. So I think we should take our final break. And then we will return, have a little chat with Ryan about uh, some of his uh, upcoming work. <laughs> and uh, then we'll say goodnight. The 66th episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man and our first episode of the year 2018. I want to give a massive, huge, humongous thanks to the great Ryan Prouse who took time out of his very busy schedule uh, to speak with us about this lengthy awards show. You know, uh, I wasn't just blowing smoke at the beginning of the show when I said that Low Life was one of my favorite movies of 2017. It's not only a movie that I really loved, it's one that I felt compelled to tell everybody about <laughs> and tell them how much I loved it because I knew it was one of those movies that when other people saw it, they would enjoy it as much as I did. And it seems like that is coming to pass. Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? And when... Well, we already talked about when they're going to be able to see Low Life, but when can they, uh, what's a good way, I should say, uh, for them to keep up on where they might see Low Life? Yeah, Low Life, every, we're like all social media at Low Life the Movie. Um, there's a lowlifethemovie.com as well, but we haven't updated that in forever. We need to do that, but that's annoying. So usually the, the Instagrams and the Twitters and the whatnot are the best way to follow with Low Life. Um, and then. Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. Just Ryan Prowse, P-R-O-W-S, no E, like your boy Vader. Vader's body, I guess, not even <laughs> Vader. <laughs> Have you seen those, those, uh, and they're like some clips where he's trying to do, or did he have to learn yeah. all the lines? And then yeah, he, he, and in fact, apparently, uh, we're referring to, by the way, before we started recording, I asked if Ryan's last name was pronounced like David Prowse, the actor who was in the suit for Darth Vader. But yeah, he apparently David Prowse did not know that his lines were going to be dubbed over until he saw the movie. That's incredible. That's like some Terrence Malick shit. Like he got his mom to show up at the theater and they're watching it and he's sitting down. He's like, I'm, I'm playing this bad guy. And then she had to like act like, no, it's cool. <laughs> it's good very job. good, honey. <laughs> yeah, you did great. You, yeah. Okay. Ryan, um, the, the yeah. obvious question for you here is what's next? Whale. Uh, the, so there were five writers total on Low Life. There were more than any writers that have ever been credited, I think, officially uh, <laughs> by the Academy on a movie. Uh, and we're all work, we were working on another movie right now um, that looks like it's about to gear up to start going. So it's a, another kind of like horror, crime, you know, humorous mashup. Um, working on that and then a uh, little odds and ends otherwise, but that's the main big push for 2018. So hopefully we'll be shooting that 
are getting started on pre-pro here soon. We're closing a deal on it. So will we'll soon. Will we see low life at the 91st annual Academy Awards in the year 2019? I guess only time will tell. Ryan, I do have to ask you quickly before I let Liam drag on and on with his fucking plugs. Um, <laughs> uh, Ryan, you recently, fairly recently, had a screening of Low Life that was attended by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, Mr. Academy Award himself. Mr. Academy Award was there. You had some pictures taken with him. He seemed to enjoy the film very much. How fucking surreal was that for you? It was seriously one of the... I mean, it was like an out-of-body, crazy-ass experience because we... He came to to AFI to to watch it, so like we all went to AFI, so that was already weird. And we were sitting like in our seats where we would sit and watch our student films or whatever. And mm-hmm. he was sitting like a couple rows behind us and like fucking clapping and laughing at it and enjoying it. It was it was out of control. He asked a question at the, he did like a Q and A thing afterwards. It was incredible, and it was really dope because he like came like. You know, obviously everyone knows he's like a movie fan, but he came like to be, you know, like to watch a movie and Mm -hmm. be really cool and supportive. And he brought like a Lucha mask with him to kind of show us and talk about stuff or whatever. So it was it was incredible. I mean, yeah, it was really dope. Uh, Really, I was really surprised to hear that at the Q&A, he asked you where you got your ideas. Quentin, Quentin, Mr. Academy Award Tarantino said about our writing, our script or whatever, that it was a stroke of genius. So that was, I think that's my Academy Award is Quentin Tarantino saying that it was a stroke of genius. Stroke of genius from the genius to the genius. Ryan Prouse, thank you again for Thanks, being here. Thanks, guys. Eric Roberts is the this fucking awesome. man. This ridiculous podcast that somehow... This is incredible. <laughs> you guys are doing yourself. the Lord's work. Bless you, my children. <laughs> uh, Liam, what are you up to again? <laughs> nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> What's uh, what's happening on Cinepunks? I've seen a lot of. I'm uh, I'm part of your social media team on Facebook, so I'm getting lots of updates. What what the hell have you been up to? <laughs> well, I mean, we have some uh, new episodes of Cinepunks and Hard Business and The Mandate and Got Me Movie, and we've had a few people writing some interesting stuff for us lately. So Cinepunks.com. Uh, that's uh, P-U-N-X for folks who are not cool, uh, who don't know. <laughs> Jesus. I'm an asshole. And then uh, if you want to know what's up uh, on Twitter, that's also at Cinepunks. Is the X in Cinepunks, Liam, meant yeah. to represent the uh, the straight edge X that some uh, people have been known to put on the uh, the back of their hands to show that they, uh, they, the prohibition aspect to uh, your belief system? Uh, no. All right. Sorry, did you say that you're at Liam Rules on Twitter? I did not say that. Uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter. I think it's much better to follow Cinepunks, but uh, that's fine. No, I, I they certainly complain a lot less than you do. <laughs> oh my god! Gonna, well, am I? Do I get to go on Cinepunks and talk about punk rock shit? I'm down for that. Yeah, one hundred percent. You don't you don't understand how happy that question even makes me. The, uh, basically, um, for people, anyone who's interested in in Cinepunks in that way, uh, we're we're just you know. Uh, Doug here is a master of the Skype, and uh, we are not that. And and so I need to uh, up my my Doug Tilly Skype game so that we Look, can actually. I can help you make that happen. Skype game strong. 
Yeah, because we literally we've every episode of Cinepunks has been recorded in the same room with someone. Uh, we have I'll, not yet done a remote interview ever. So I think I just need to make that happen. But we'll we'll figure it out before Ryan gets too famous to be on your crummy show. Um, oh no, that's true. I <laughs> trust me, I understand there's a time limit on this thing and I want to make it happen. <laughs> uh, to, and to I'm, answer, I'm to punk answer, as fuck. I'll be punk forever, okay? No, Cinepunks yeah. With an X I, and whatnot. <laughs> By the way, it's really just uh, a shortening of the the name. I, I know you oh, like yeah. to bring straight edge jokes and everything, Doug, but <laughs> you're playing that, that you're playing the straight edge joke out. You gotta like start like like digging into some references to bring it up. Like I know you'd have to actually start listening to some straight edge music. If you made like Earth Earth Crisis jokes, which I would be very embarrassed about, that would be even better. Look, if you know anything about Doug Tilly and you can follow him on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly, that's T I L L E. Why you would know that I will run things into the ground and then beneath <laughs> the ground and then through the ground and out the other side of the goddamn uh, planet that we're on, which may or may not be round, by the way. Um, and uh, and I'm going to continue on with it, Liam. And there's nothing, certainly nothing, you can do about it. Uh, you can of course find Eric Roberts is the fucking man on Twitter at e r i t f m. You can find uh, other episodes of Eric Roberts is the fucking man at, at the website ericrobertsisthemen.com. Uh, why don't you subscribe to us on iTunes? We'd appreciate it very much if you also left a review. And you can go on uh, Facebook, do a search for Eric Roberts is the man, and you can uh, find us on there as well. But with that said, it's time to close the Eric Roberts bag for another week. We shall be back again with another special guest and some special projects to talk about in just a little bit. Good night, everybody. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can. 